Hi, Emil. I'm Aday. Welcome to another episode of the Peter Bowles Conversational Cul-de-Sac. Columbo. Okay, yeah. A TV show we both remember from our childhoods that very we still much. very much enjoy today. Yeah, very much, yeah. Very much. Right, let's start with a few bits of trivia, shall we? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, go for it. What you got? Detective Lieutenant Frank Columbo. Now, I know... You Frank a, is a tenuous yeah. thing. I think if memory serves, I think Frank reference to Frank Columbo was on his badge, on his LAPD yeah, his badge. ID card. Yeah. And I think oh yeah, on the on the ID card that came with it. And I think that was flashed in one episode in a very snippet. I think if you look online you can find a, a close up of it. You can but if, if you memory it, serves, yeah. I think in a different episode he's referenced under a different first name. Mm. It's uh, he doesn't reference uh, he never says what his first name is. It's always just Columbo. Yeah. You know. But I have a feeling in a different episode he actually referenced a different first or it's referenced about him using a different first name. Okay. It's, I think it's always been tenuous. That might have to be checked out. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Because Google Images, there's a picture. Yeah. There is. Of his LA and that's the screenshot, page. I think. And it's Frank. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I think it's one of those open-ended things that's just never really confirmed or denied. Okay. He's just Columbo. Just Columbo. Played by the sadly now departed Peter Falk. Yeah. Very um, much. Very much. Missed. Interestingly, as probably people probably aware. Peter Falk had a glass eye, mm. but does that mean that Columbo had a glass eye? What, the character as the well character. as the actor? Because I'll tell you what, if he was looking at me, interrogating me, with that sort of dodgy, <laughs> glassy eye, look, I think, what's up with your eye, mate? Have you got a glass eye? It's not mentioned whenever anyone's been in hospital, hospitalised, whatever it is in any of the episodes, nothing's ever referenced to it. I think it's one of those things that's just not spoken. I, I, I think that the character hasn't got a glass eye. Okay. I think the character is... Because I'm going to be honest, and I, I, I don't know the full ins and outs of the LAPD, but <laughs> I can't see a one-eyed detective effectively being okay for, no, for duty. There's, there's probably a lot of tests that you would have to take I mean, this one eye would be a hindrance. Yeah, this was the 70s, so maybe it wasn't as, as stringent as it now would be. No, because, for example, how would he do his shooting test? I know, obviously, there's an episode where he says he doesn't carry a gun, yep. or he might say that just to, you know, put people off. It might be to throw someone off. Exactly. Yep. But if he has to do a, a, a gun test type thing with one eye, it might be difficult. Yeah, very true. Very true. And then he's sort of writing tests, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's Again, it's one of those... I think a lot of things about Columbo, you kind of have questions about that will never never get answered, mm. I think. Not about the, the particular crime or anything like that, but just generally about the show. There's certain elements which are just never referenced, and I think that's one of them, to be honest. Yeah. Ran from 1968 to 2003. That's longevity, isn't it? That's it longevity is. for you. It is. Bearing in mind for... I mean, I think the later ones, they went into more of a, a filmatic element tv movies i'll say various sort of degrees of quality as well because I, I i personally like the early ones yeah whereas the later ones the sort of 90s early 2000s well, they didn't seem to cut it for me i have a feeling when they um when it ended which was are we talking late 70s early 80s and then got brought back mm. i think it was on a different us tv network yeah i think it was an abc instead of nbc or yeah, something or like vice that versa, yeah. and the quality was definitely down i mean they were a very 90s feel about them which is in tv the 90s feel is is quite unique thing to replicate it's, big hair shoulder pads yeah, yeah that type but of thing, he'd yeah. lost but obviously as an actor and as a character he was getting much older at that point i mean realistically if the character was as old as the actor was he wouldn't be on the force at that age he would what have been retired his, off his bumbling shtick was like no longer relevant but surely yeah, right. he would have been pensioned surely off. he must have been featured in the press at some point in LA because he was the most renowned detective yeah I do always say to people that if Columbo's on you if you're a murderer and Columbo's on your case you want to just give up because you're but not going to get away with it for 35 years he had yeah. never had a promotion never a promotion <laughs> never a no. promotion always lieutenant 
Yeah, always. Interestingly, you didn't often see his boss. Once or twice. No, you saw a few colleagues. They said, oh, you know, the body's over there and we've taken some photos yeah. type thing, lieutenant, and then they disappear. And he, he almost it. came across as a one-man band for the yeah. LAPD. And how annoying one-man band. So having oh. just stalking you all the time and just on your case and always there so I got the door but, he was there but don't get us wrong obviously we, we love we love the act and we love the character mm. you know it's, it's this isn't detrimental to Columbo we, we love that about him no I mean as you say the act it was very groundbreaking for its time that you you saw the perpetrator and what they were doing yeah i.e. murdering someone and then it sort of went backwards to try and figure out for Columbo how they did it and why they did that type yeah. of thing rather than a who done it it was like we know who done it, it was guess a, how it was done type yeah, of, yeah. yeah you work out how he did it kind of thing for mm. the character yeah, absolutely. And, and what clues he Quite on. unique. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because I still find, it, as I know you do as well, that we they're often repeated on UK TV channels all over the place. I mean, I've got, interestingly enough, I think you were telling me the other day that you were in one of the UK um, DVD sort of shops, if you like. Yes. And yes. you saw, was it the DVD box set? It was the entire, every episode of Columbo DVD box From set. From like all the way through to 2003. in like a mock imitation cigar case. Which is very apt. Yeah, I, I like think. that. I like well, it a lot. What's interesting is I actually got hold of via the wonderful world of eBay and online auction sites. I actually got hold of, and it's a, it's a Japanese-only release mm. and what it is it's the same basic scenario it's in a in a faux cigar case but it's actually the blu-ray mm. now blu-rays were only ever released in japan don't know why i didn't know colombo was very big out there but clearly it was and they've actually gone through to remastering every single Columbo episode in a D, in a in a Blu-ray quality. And and I've got this box set thanks thanks to uh, yeah the wonders of 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 the Google and online <laughs> world. And I got hold of it. And I must admit I I watch those a lot because the sheer quality of the the, the transfers and the prints is spectacular. But I, I love I will rewatch Columbo Endless all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously now I've like yourself we must have seen every episode virtually i think and it doesn't matter if you know who's done it obviously that's the whole point you get told <laughs> that's the whole that. point. Yeah. and that's and that's that's the difference thing and that's what makes it so the longevity there and that's what makes it so easily rewatchable is having to forget who done it you get told who done it mm. and the more you watch it the more clues you can pick up along the way that the character gets yeah. i think well let's go back to the beginning mm. um Previously played by a, a, an American actor called Burt Freed in a single TV episode in 1960. Was it the Chevy... The Chevy Mystery Show. That's it. Yeah. That's the one. Uh, and then obviously, as he, we know and love him now, Peter Falk, 1968 TV film Prescription Murder, which, ironically, we were talking about earlier, weren't we? We were. How his character developed yeah, over the years. Yeah, it's interesting, because that. the character, or Peter Falk, the actor, was younger. I think less dishevelled, I think, is a good sort of statement for him. Yeah. If I mean, again, I, apologies, I haven't watched that one in a, in a in a little while now. I don't think he had the raincoat in that one. He had a suit. I don't think he did. But I don't think he had the raincoat. That wasn't part of it. And the Peugeot, I don't think, was shown in that no. point. Is is infamous Peugeot car. And I do remember he seemed in that episode. I think the killer was Gene Barry. Looking yes, up, yes, that's fans, right. Yeah. He seemed to be a bit more authoritative, quite well, stern. At if times. memory serves, I think Gene Barry. You're right with that. Was having a uh, the character was having mm. an affair with this with this younger woman. Gene Barry kills his wife, the character, you know, in 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 this program, and Columbo is quite authoritative and quite stern with the young woman.
woman. Once he's mm. worked out that Gene Barry's character is having this affair with this young woman, he's, he could be quite nasty and quite harsh. Mm. He was more, as, as I said earlier, the bumbling shtick seemed to appear a lot later. Here, yeah. he just seemed to be just an ordinary LA detective who we knew who'd done the, the murder. Yeah. And he just figured it out. Whereas later on, it become all the sort of stumbling and bumbling and checking his pockets and losing things. Yeah, the little notes of paper. Yeah. You'd often bring out a Scraps receipt for something. And... Oh, it was a shopping list. Yeah. No, that's my wife's shopping list. A lot of shopping like... list. Yeah. A lot of shopping list action. Yeah. Loved all that. Mm, very so, much. First episode of the TV series, 1971, directed by 24-year-old Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I know. Big, big thing now. I mean, obviously, back then, Steven Spielberg was an unknown. Yeah, um, his first gig, really. Yeah, it? absolutely. And ironically, I read something a, a couple of years ago. when uh, I think it was during the time of um, Peter Falk's sad passing. I think, that, like anything, you get these talking heads and there's various art, newspaper articles and, and quotes from people. And I think I remember, again, apologies, slightly incorrect, but I think I remember seeing something along the lines of Steven Spielberg commenting that he learned more about acting and how to direct actors from Peter Falk mm. in that episode than anyone else in, in any point of his career. And that is true. That is a huge statement. Oh, of course And obviously, yeah. it's like anything. I think you learn most of your stuff when you are younger in, in your career. That's mm. when you do learn about these things. But that's a huge statement yeah. to make. I seem to remember as well the, the producer of that show saying Spielberg at a time, even though he was a kid, they could just see how his road was going to progress because yeah. of the way he did things. His lighting, his camera angles. I suppose sort of different thing. to a lot yeah, of the other actors yeah. of his time. And for 24 as well. Yeah, I mean, but again, I suppose the other thing you can look at is Columbo at that point. It was its first episode of its regular season mm. or series. So it was only the second episode of Columbo, as we know, as the Peter Falk era. So I suppose there wasn't really a lot of pressure on Honestly Spielberg yeah, in that way because yeah. no one knew what Columbo really was going to go to in its extreme. I mean, a 13, 14 series or, or seasons or whatever it was, whatever it actually equates to, you know? Yeah. Many guest stars, obviously. Film stars, theatre stars, big TV stars. Yeah. A couple I've noted. Robert Culp was in a few. He was in three or four, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Vaughan. Man from yeah. Uncle. Love Man from Uncle, Robert yeah. Vaughan, yeah. And a favourite of ours, an ITC stalwart <laughs> yeah. that we will talk about in a future episode. Yeah. Uh, Patrick McGoon. Patrick McGoon, who yeah. I think tops the list of being not only a guest star, but also director. I think if you look at the directing and film uh, and, and acting elements, so acting and directing, everything, if you look at all those things together, I think he participated more than, any, other than Peter Falk, he participated more than anyone else. Mm. I, think, I think you are right in saying that. I think Robert Culp was up there in terms of being the murderer or a victim or something, you know, yeah, in terms of a guest star. If you're like, yeah. But I think, yeah, Patrick McGowan was definitely up there. Because um, they had a really good friendship, like, all through their yeah, life, didn't they? I mean, they were very close friends. An oddball thing. You wouldn't really think of it, because we know Patrick McGowan, as, as you've just referenced, Prisoner, more for the ITC man. days, which yeah. we are going to be speaking about in future episodes, so sort of keep a listen out for those. But it's, when, when you look at those, we think of, you know, Patrick McGowan from those series, American actor, British TV series, effectively. You know, a lot of them was TV, British TV series. And then going to the US, obviously, back to his home, and then doing this thing with Peter Falcon. But yeah, they've been been friends for a long time, I think. Yeah, and that probably relates to him guest starring in probably a lot of um, directing them and that. Leslie Nielsen jumps to mind. When he was still Early a serious days. actor. When, yeah, when he was a serious actor, before the sort of spoof Naked films and, series, and TV yeah. series or came into the fore. Yeah, he was a very... Um, from what I, I've read, he was a very serious, classically trained actor. And it was only obviously later on with 
things like Police Squad and Police Academy that he started goofing around an airplane, of course, and things like that. But even then, he kept it straight. Yeah. Because the best way for a comedy actor to be funny is to keep it straight. Well, I mean, yeah, because I, if I if my memory serves right, and it doesn't always in these things, but he was in two episodes. Once as the boyfriend or partner of the killer, and in a second episode, I think he was... He was a hitman, wasn't he? He was a hitman who did get bumped off himself. Boy, and that I was Patrick, Patrick McGowan. McGowan. Yeah, Patrick McGowan in one of his, his on the pier, episodes. Uh, under the pier. Under the pier. On the beach. Yes. That's right. Yeah, Patrick yeah, McGowan at some point using uh, a fake nose and fake hair and driving this random Citroen <laughs> oh, car. Oh, very Clouseau. It, it was very Clouseau. And, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, bumped off on the beach. What Can't be way, bad. What a way to go. <laughs> Can't be bad. <laughs> so, I know, friend, that one of your favourite episodes mm. is uh, Any Old Port in a Storm well, from Series 3? I think it's Series 3. I think it's the first or the second episode from Series 3. Um, I think it's one that you hadn't seen until... Is it fairly recently? Fair, I think I'd spoken about it. I'd spoken about yeah. it first, and, and I don't think you'd ever seen it at that point. Or it's one that just completely... Glossed, glossed yeah, over. just completely <laughs> forgot about over time. It's just it's just falling out of our brain. I, I do like that episode. I don't know why. There's just something about it. It's Adrian Carcini. And did it... Did it win an Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Mystery TV? It was some, something along it those was lines. It was something along those lines. Yeah, it was definitely award winning. I think when you look up, and please feel free to do it, but if you do look up award winning Columbo episodes, I think that genuinely is one that, that has won an award. I don't know why, really, because I, I love the episode. Mm. But I can't see anything in it that's more worthy than some of the other episodes. No, it just seemed to strike a chord with fans and public alike. It did. I, I, I mean, I love that episode. Yeah. Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant. I mean, playing Donald Pleasant. Playing Donald Pleasant. <laughs> very, obviously, big TV and movie yeah. English actor. But even when he's being charismatic and charming, still brings his sort of There's Donald a Pleasant's of weirdness. <laughs> There's a Donald Pleasant's creepiness yeah, about and, him. And uh, underlying menace. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, I, I love that episode. What's really your favourite line? Well, my favourite is about liquid filth. Yeah. When, he doesn't say like that, does he? No, he, do, he says it quite a range like, liquid filth. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah, I, I love the episode. I mean, there's a, there's a few sort of moments in it that I really like about decanting the wine. Decanting the wine. Um, when he when he gets someone else to do it for him. And it's just, again, he's, he's Donald Pleasance-esque creepiness about it yeah. when he asks. I mean, it's, for those that don't know the episode, please dig it out. But we'll give you a brief. Donald Pleasance kills his brother, locks him in a We're cellar. not getting anything away. You find this out, yeah. in, as we know, in the first Locks in a cellar, wine cellar, turns off the air conditioning, forgets that he's got all these hundreds of bottles of expensive wine. Really, he's a wine which he's, he's yeah. ruined. <laughs> and then Columbo finds out he did it by making him drink his own wine. Yeah, he orders that very same wine when they're out for dinner. Yeah, which he's off. You Hence know, the line, liquid field. Yeah, you know the character Columbo going out for dinner with the person he thinks who did it. But he did that a lot because yeah. there was one with, I think it was Louis Jordan, Louis Jordan or Louis Jordan. Yeah, and he was an Italian. And chef and Clumbo is like cooking dinner with him and stuff. Yes, that's right. He was always really pally. He seemed to get really involved. <laughs> he seemed to get really yeah. involved. <laughs> and he's almost almost like he used to say, "I'd hate to arrest you because we're getting on really well." I have to admit, there's a, there's a site, there's, there's a little cachet here. There's something about William Shatner. William Shatner. <laughs> William Sh- the Shat. The Shat himself. Um, love the Shat. He appeared twice in the twice in the Columbo, I believe. One in the later '90s series, which I won't go into too much, but one in the Inspector, early series. Inspector Lesser. He is a TV detective himself. Yeah. And um, being investigated by a detective. Yeah. Brilliant. But what what goes on there is that William Shatner's character, the actor's 
I can't remember the actor's name, or the actor he's playing, should I say, but he will himself pretend to be L- Lieutenant Lucerne, mm. helping Columbo... Figuring out how, figure he out how he's done it. Yeah. It's absurd, but it does work in the context of a Columbo episode. Especially with the chat. I love the chat. Love the chat. Gotta love the chat. <laughs> so, back to the facts. Actually, back to the facts. I should be saying, just one more just thing. Just one more thing. Shouldn't I? A store of the Columbo. Just one more thing. The raincoat, the car, the shabbiness, exactly the cigars, the bumbling. Just just one more thing. The notes from the pocket. Actually, just going back, did you yeah. know that he provided, he, Peter Falk, provided his own clothes? They really? were his own wardrobe. The, wow. The, the, the raincoat, the shoes. The I genuinely didn't know that. They were his own wardrobe. Wow, as an actor, you thought he would be doing better than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it works for the character. Of course it it's, works. I think in one of the episodes, his wife buys him a new raincoat. Yes. And he spends all the, obviously, little side notes of the episode trying to get rid of it. He yeah. doesn't like it. He's, he can't was it? He can't think in it. He yeah. can't do anything in it. As soon as he bins it off, puts the old one back on. That's it. Catches it the, the guy. Solves the murder. <laughs> Jobs are good and job done. Yeah. But, uh, but it's funny because, again, it, on a, again, a little thing, I think, obviously, the programme itself, I'm not quite sure who the audience it was aimed at back in the day, back in the 70s. Um, yeah. But there was never any blood. No. Um, the That's, murders no, no that happened. No curse words. No curse words. No, absolutely. There was, there was nothing like that. And it wasn't particularly violent. I know that obviously it was murders, but there was no gratuitous violence for the sake of it. So no. it was quite a, oddly, for a murder and a detective programme, it was quite family-friendly, I think. <laughs> a family-friendly murder mystery. Yeah, absolutely. But it was. It works. Yeah. It works now. So one more, just one more thing. Just one more thing. Go one on then. One more fact for you. So a few episodes he had a dog with him, didn't he? Called imaginatively dog. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know when that original dog died? Yeah. The replacement dog was younger, so they had to age that dog. They had to give it dog makeup to make it look older. They aged the dog. They, they went a- that far into the internet. Yeah. So people, the audience, would say, "Hey, that's a different dog." They aged the dog really? with makeup. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do also know, again, one more thing from me, is that when the, when the series originally got cancelled by whichever TV network it was, I'm yeah, not sure it got cancelled or whether it just yeah. got, they chose not to renew it, as they do in the US quite a lot. When it got brought back on the different network for the, the later 90s episodes, the studio wanted to make sure he had the same car, the Peugeot. Yeah. I think it was an old 304 or something like that back yeah. in the day. But the studio, by that point, the original studio had sold the car. It sold on to a collector or whatever it might have been. So when they revived the series, they were so adamant it had to replicate the Columbos from earlier that they actually went and had to go and source them from all over the world and bought two of them. I think they used two. Like most things, they would tend to use more than one vehicle throughout yeah. the course of a series. And they actually go had to go and just go and buy them just to use again for continuity. That I think because that was part of the Columbo. That was part of Columbo and his whole thing, wasn't it? The car was a big part of that. The shoddy, decrepit <laughs> motor, which I think in some ways was a bit of a thing towards him. He was a shoddy detective. Well, it fitted. You know, him, decrepit detective. He yeah. didn't really look after himself. Yeah. Old and crumpled persona, clothes, yeah. car. Yeah. It, it, all, it all fit together, didn't it, really? Yeah. Well, just one more thing. <laughs> we haven't overused that at all, have we?